Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. We'll get to our conversation about STL Made in a moment. First, a reminder that St. Louis Public Radio is on top of all the latest news. Please visit our website at stlpublicradio.org. And second, a word about our next interview. We taped this conversation on Monday. Many things in the St. Louis area have changed since then, so we wanted to let you know. Saturday marked one year since the launch of STL Made. The three-year effort aims to change the narrative about St. Louis. By telling positive stories about this region and the people who live here, the idea is to convince transplants to put down more permanent roots and maybe even convince the city to get over its inferiority complex. In its launch video, STL backers made their case. Let's listen to an excerpt. We're making a place where you can start something where you get the support to stand out, where you can stay, put down roots, and make St. Louis yours. Nowhere does the spirit of being STL made shine brighter than in the stories of the people who live here, because the people here make St. Louis, but something about St. Louis makes our people too. That's STL made. And in the years since, they filled their website at thestl.com with stories about all the good things going on here. And joining us to talk about these efforts is Leah Wilson. She's an account director at Broughton Brand Company and fueler of the STL Made movement. Leah, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Sarah. Good to be here. So I got to ask about that title. You're the first fueler that I've had in my (laughs) studio. What does it mean to be a fueler of the STL Made movement? Yeah, well, you know, this is, since it is a movement, it is an ever-expanding group of people who are trying to help fuel this movement and spread awareness and get more and more people to be able to share their story, join the movement, participate, and uh, and share their story, why why they're a place where, why they're a person who has been able to find St. Louis, make a home in St. Louis, and uh, and make it a place where they can start up, stand out, and stay. So in that movement, what would you say was the starting point for saying, yeah, let's do this movement. We need this movement. So it started with, uh, as a group of kind of a collective of businesses, organizations, universities, nonprofits, throughout the civic, public, and private sector, who all kind of have this you know, vested interest in seeing St. Louis thrive. And I think everybody recognized that, you know, we have a great story here in St. Louis to tell. We just haven't been telling it. And we need we need to be able to make that sort of emotional connection, that sizzle reel, to be able to uh, attract new talent to the region, to be able to keep the talent here that's graduating from our higher education, you know, our universities every year, and also to attract new business investment to the region. So we need to be able to 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 shift perceptions and attitudes that we have about St. Louis. And I think uh, that group recognized that it was bigger than just one organization. It needed to be a whole region-wide effort. I understand the conversation was going on for a while before you launched. It wasn't like, hey, let's do this. And then two weeks later, uh, here we go. It's STL made. What was sort of the process of figuring out, hey, here's the problem. Here's what we think the diagnosis needs to be. Yeah, so you're right. It started with um, some extensive research that was probably about two years or maybe a little more than that now. And as part of that, we talked with a variety of people living outside St. Louis in other U.S. cities to kind of get an understanding of what they thought about St. Louis and mm. what they felt about it. Turns out 
they really didn't think about St. Louis at all. They just, not negative, not positive, just very neutral. They just really didn't think about it. Isn't that funny? Like those of us living here, all we think about is St. Louis. It's like, (laughs) what? You don't think about us every day? How can we change that? (laughs) Exactly. That's what we're trying to do. Um, So we worked with Brado, which is a local research firm here. Um, and uh, a couple other research firms on quite a bit of this. And we also then turned and looked at, talked to uh, residents here in St. Louis to understand what their perceptions are and what their attitudes are about St. Louis, this place where we all live and work. And we understood that, you know, from talking to them, that there was this, like you said, we as residents have this sort of inferiority complex. We feel like we need to sort of disclaim what we, when we talk about St. Louis, like, oh, yeah, you know, that's great, but... Mm-hmm. and. We wanted to understand why. And so through that, we kind of found that there were these common themes, these common characteristics that we as St. Louisans share. You know, we identify as being creative and tenacious and loyal and aware and big hearted. And we discovered that having a narrative, this common story can really provide a sense of united identity for a place and for the people that are living in that place. And we're seeing other cities do this pretty well, like, um, you know, Nashville and Austin and Pittsburgh, who Mm -hmm. we could argue that they're kind of peer cities of ours. And there's this idea that, you know, great stories happen to those who can tell them. Mm -hmm. And St. Louis really has a great story to tell. We just need to tell it. You know, we've got one of the fastest growing startup communities um, with innovation districts like Cortex, T-Rex and the Danforth Plant Science Center. St. Louis has the highest number of women entrepreneurs in the country. We have a diverse and growing immigrant population, and we have such rich culture here, world-class arts, music, food scenes. We've been the best beer scene in the U.S. for the past several years. Um, There's more than $8 billion in investment and development throughout the Central Corridor, so projects like City Foundry, the new headquarters for the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, the new Arch Grounds, um, investment in SLUs and WashU's medical institutions, and of course the new MLS team that's coming in 2022. So we have all of this in St. Louis, but um, and St. Louis is so affordable. Mm-hmm. Not cheap, but it's this balance of a comparably low cost of living with all these great assets and amenities that really make for a great quality of life. So once we kind of got all that research together and we could we worked with our creative team to analyze it all and and what we found was this idea that there are a lot of people and ideas that are helping that are working from the ground up here. It's real. It's a really grassroots effort. Um, and what people are doing, these you know, artists and entrepreneurs and innovators that are really working to move our region forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we came up with the idea of STL Made as the name for this movement. Since it was made by Since it St. was Louis. made, yeah. And the idea that also, you know, there's something about our people that makes St. Louis, but there's something about St. Louis that makes our people, too. Hmm. And so, um, you know, we, we went back and talked to the residents who were part of that initial interview session, uh, those interviews, and we talked to them and shared this idea of, you know, STL made and being proud to be STL made and, and asked them if that, you know, felt like it reflected their experience, if it felt like that was authentic and resonated with them, and they said that it did. Mm-hmm. And that same research and creative process also led to the storytelling framework that St. Louis is the place where you can start up, stand out, and stay. So you can start up, whether that's a business or a career or whatever that means to you, you can stand out, get the support to be recognized for your contributions, and you can stay, make St. Louis yours, put down roots, and stay right here to do that. Um, and that's a it's a simple storytelling framework that we're utilizing as part of this movement. That's this. That's the narrative, this unified story that we talk about. And we're hoping that it's simple enough that everyone can use it to share their own story, however it applies to them. What do you see as the benefit of publishing the stories that have come out of all this work on your own website as opposed to, say, like a local media outlet? 
Sure. So when all of this got started, it, it actually was somewhat of an experiment. Um, like I said, it was a very grassroots effort, and we knew it was really important to get those more under-the-radar, untold stories that we just don't hear about of people who really reflect this shared narrative of St. Louis being a place where you can start up, stand out, and stay. Um, and in addition to purposefully focusing on people, the stories of these people who, uh, you know, represent a diverse group um, across the population, across the region, different experiences. We also, having our own site, thestl.com, we were also able to use um, and work with a whole suite of freelance contributors, writers, videographers, photographers, that all they themselves come from a variety of backgrounds, areas of the region, come from, have different experiences to share. And so we strive to share stories of diverse people, but we also have our storytellers are also diverse and come mm-hmm. with a diverse voice as well. So now, it feels like with any new initiative, um, the hardest part is getting people to sort of understand you exist. Like if you start a website, getting people to come to that website, you know, you're sort of starting from scratch. Here we are. Um, were you able to get um, attention coming to this website and, and people reading these stories that you're telling about the area? Yeah, it was certainly a concerted effort because, as you said, you know, we started a new website. We started new social channels um, from the ground up. And, you know, we recognize from the beginning, we recognize that people don't often go straight to websites all the time to consume their media. So while the stories all live there on the STL.com, you know, we tease them out through social media um, to get the key ideas across and encourage people to engage with them, click read more of the story or watch the video, and then also share those stories that they feel a connection with. So in conjunction with launching the website and the social channels last March 14th, we also had a variety of advertising um, tactics through, you know, social media advertising, out of, you know, out of home and, and non-traditional offline um, billboards and things like that as well to help promote awareness of the website, drive people to it. And then once we kind of got a, a critical mass, we have now almost 30,000 uh, followers across our social media channels on social, on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Um, now it's, it's starting to become more self-perpetuating. People are sharing, and then that's that's sort of spreading more organically. That now. builds, but yeah. And we definitely are seeing more engagement in uh, in social. As Have well. you tried to place any of these stories with uh, bigger, say, national media outlets that where you might want to be changing um, or bringing St. Louis to their readers? Yeah, you know, this is a multi-year effort, as you said at the beginning. Um, this is this is just now. We've just hit our, our first year anniversary. So this first year's primary focus was and continues to be more local. And it's really about trying to shift those local perceptions and local attitudes so that we all as residents, first and foremost, become believers and advocates for our own region. And sort of, you know, it starts to take hold more here before we go external and really shout it from the rooftops mm-hmm. outside of St. Louis. Now, that said, there have been some of the stories we've told on the STL.com that have been picked up by national publications. And um, and St. Louis is already great, getting some great national recognition for things like our growing geospatial cluster, our biotech and our ag tech industries. Um as you know, St. Louis is the final stop this year on the national Rise of the Rest road trip, which focuses on the ag tech entrepreneurship mm. side of things. And our region's role as a leader and incubator for that sector is a great example. What's an example of a story that you guys broke that um, that you saw picked up elsewhere? Uh, you know, there was there have been a few. One that comes to mind is uh, called it's Odd Couples Housing, and it's a uh, an organization who it, what they do is they pair a senior citizen with a young millennial roommate and they put him in this roommate situation it's kind of a sort of a match.com for 
Yeah. This odd couple sort of roommate. Older people and have houses and exactly. younger people, and need, younger people need, need affordable housing. So uh, the story was about one couple, one pairing in particular that, um, you know, it, they saw such value in this um, from both sides. And uh, I think that was one that got picked up on by quite a few publications. That's exciting. Yeah, it was. It's interesting. You know, we think about um, the national reputation of being the next phase of this. And I wonder if that almost came as a relief to know that we do have that blank slate, as you mentioned. I think so many of us here, it probably goes back to that inferiority complex. We think, oh, everyone thinks of us as having too much crime or people think of this as dangerous. It's nice to know that you can sort of maybe start telling that story from scratch. People don't think of those things. Absolutely. And we were, just like you said, we were very surprised with that. Um, we expected some positive or negative thought, but the fact that that we are a blank slate outside of St. Louis, so to speak, was very encouraging because as part of that research, we also shared, you know, some of the things I'd said, the assets and amenities and, um, you know, the, the development and all the rich culture that we have here. We shared those amenities with these folks that we were interviewing who lived outside of St. Louis. And once they heard that that was what St. Louis was all about, and this was actually how it was living in St. Louis. So sort of the, you know, the scales shifted from their eyes and they were they were really positive. And, you know, a lot of them said, well, that's, that's someplace I could see myself moving. Sure, I'd look for jobs there. So that was really encouraging. We're talking to Leah Wilson. She's an account director at the Broughton Brand Company um, and working with the STL Made movement to try to tell stories about St. Louis that will make people want to stay and, and make people appreciate what they have. Leah, I'm curious about your own story. I understand you're a boomerang, uh, meaning you grew up here, <laughs> you left, and you came back. Uh, tell me a little bit about that story. What made you leave and, and what made you come back? I did, sure. Yeah, I, I actually boomerang twice. I, I grew up in Fenton. My family moved to Baldwin. I went to school here. I went to Mizzou. Um, and then I just I loved all things French. I loved Paris, and so I you can't luckily, get that here. You can't. You can't. Um, so I moved and I moved to France and was lucky enough to find a great job um, working right out of college at uh, a business over right out right outside on the edge of Paris. And I wow, lived there you were for living the years. dream. I was. I was. It was wonderful. Um, yeah. So after a couple of years, it was. It, I sort of felt like. You know, I had done what I accomplished. I spoke the language fluently. I got to know, you know, the city like the back of my hand. I traveled quite a bit. And, you know, it was my family, ultimately, my family and friends here that sort of drew me back. And uh, I was glad that I came back. And then I kind of had uh, an itch and an opportunity, gosh, probably about 12 years later, um, which was about six or seven years ago, I had been working for Enterprise, rent a car mm -hmm. here in their corporate marketing department. And as they, as the company grew um, more throughout Europe, they were looking for someone to head over and help build the marketing department over there to oversee a lot of the growing European business. So and you knew Europe. I knew Europe. I was thrilled to have the opportunity to move over, get to know a new city with my husband. Then at the time, we had just gotten married, and so luckily he was he was a uh, ready to ready for the adventure as well. So yeah, it was it was great. We were over there for a while, and then you know again it was family and family and friends. We you know came back to visit, but it wasn't quite the same. So. It was wonderful to have the opportunity to, to come back, and we've been back here for about a year and a half now. Okay, year and a half, so pretty recent. So when you came back the second time, I'm wondering, did you see the city with different eyes? Did you have a different appreciation or perspective after that second time living abroad? Yes, it's funny you ask because I think um, we were gone for probably about five years. And while we came mm -hmm. back periodically to visit or, you know, I was lucky enough to come back for work meetings every so often because sure, the, because Enterprise was here. Um, but I remember, I remember when we moved back, and the first time I drove through the Grove, and the first time I actually drove up, up um, in Grand Center Arts District, and I was so surprised by 
how vibrant it was, how much how much more there was in both of those neighborhoods in particular. Um, those then, neighborhoods then were where, so different. Yeah, even seven years ago, they five years ago, so much, and that was it was so encouraging. I was really excited to see that. So that gave you some hope for the city's sort yeah. of urban fabric. Yeah, I already had some hope. I'm a fairly optimistic person, I guess. But and, uh, and you chose to be back really twice. Exciting you obviously to see. like yeah, it here. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now that you live here, you know a lot of people talk about this inferiority complex. Um, what do you wish was different about St. Louis? What do I wish was different? You know, I think. I wish there was more of a feeling of inclusivity. Hmm. I think um, especially with the people who were, you know, we feature on the STL.com, a lot of them are working with, you know, social justice issues and equality and um, helping to create more accessibility and opportunities for all. And I think it's important to shine a light on people who are doing work like that, because I think here in St. Louis, that's so important. In many places, but obviously this is the place I live. This is my home. And mm-hmm. so I think that's that's probably the thing that I hope that this helps to provoke a conversation around so that that can shift more positively. Maybe by telling those stories, it ends up becoming something that, that almost changes what's even happening, not yeah. just the narrative about what's happening. Absolutely. Um, now, I know that you guys had a bunch of things planned for this past weekend, and like everybody in town, uh, coronavirus impacted your plans. Yes. Um, I'm wondering, do you think there'll be a chance to revisit that when all this is over? Yeah, I think so. You know, this is, you know, as I think being STL made is something we should celebrate 365 days a year. We don't need to wait for 314 Day. We don't need to wait for 314 Day. 314 Day was nice because it gives us kind of a special opportunity and sort of a tangible date um, to mark that, you know, the one year anniversary of the movement and and celebrate St. Louis. But um, it's something that we can do every day. And I think, yes, there were several, you know, of the big events that were canceled, but hopefully they'll be postponed later. And we'll certainly be looking to help shine a light on that and be a part of it when they are. But despite that, there were still more than 70 organizations and businesses that were participating across more than 250 locations throughout the region. So, you know, from St. Charles to South County to North County to downtown to the Metro East. And it was sort of this the small businesses that were celebrating St. Louis in their own way and creatively figuring out, you know, different deals or discounts or special, unique ways to apply their skills to help the community. And, and those are the things that really are what the movement's all about. It's those grassroots, you know, from the ground up efforts of people in the community, people in the neighborhoods that are helping to support each other and helping to celebrate the, their pride in St. Louis every day. So I know so much is in flux right now. It feels like we're spending all our time covering what has changed, and it's it's changing by the moment. But I know this is supposed to be uh, you've just finished year one of a three-year initiative. So what are the main things on your agenda as you're looking at those next two years? Yeah, so I think, you know, as I said, the primary focus in this first year is, and it was and still is, uh, internal and shifting our own residents' perceptions um, and, you know, we're continuing to learn and, and evolve as we go. And I'd say probably a couple of things that are on our on our radar and that we're planning and working towards is, you know, we're continuing to try and broaden awareness and engagement. Um, we've learned through, you know, our research that we've done that there is a growing number of a growing group of St. Louisans who are aware of the movement. And those that are aware are they know what the messaging is. They can they can replay what that narrative is and they're more positive in terms of their levels of hope for the region and how likely they are to um, recommend St. Louis as a great place to live and work. So that was that's helpful knowing that 
what we're doing and the narrative is resonating with people and that, that we just difference. need to create more awareness, more people who, who know it and, and, you know, know what the story is all about. So we're also trying to add more content that a lot more people can see themselves in. So we're very purposeful in trying to make sure that the stories we tell are reflective of everyone, that everyone feels that they have a place in this movement. So that's certainly one, is continuing to diversify the stories that we tell. Uh, and secondly, I would say, you know, highlighting the people that are working to make sure that our community recognizes that the narrative needs to be accessible to everyone. So people like those who are working in education, community-led development, job retraining, social justice initiatives, just to name a few. Okay, so it'll be a lot more storytelling, just maybe some additional stories in different sectors and, and different stories being told. Exactly. Well, Leah Wilson of the STL Made Movement, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Sarah. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.